Let's pray. Lord God, please help us to understand uh, the things that we've read this morning. and Please change us because of it. Amen. Well, my great-uncle passed away at the end of last year. Uh, I wasn't all that close to him, but I was pretty sure he wasn't a Christian. He never went to church, never talked about Jesus, none of that sort of stuff. I read the order of service for the funeral, and I noticed that it had a very Christian theme. Now, I know that's not unusual for a funeral, but it was a particularly strong Christian theme. So I asked Mum about it. And she said that my great-uncle might have had a kind of simple faith, a private faith. I guess a kind of faith that doesn't really show itself. The kind that loves God, but then leaves it at that. It's an interesting concept, isn't it? The concept of a private faith. Where you can love God, but your faith has no impact on the people around you. And there's something attractive about it. Something quite comfortable. For my great uncle, and probably for most of us, loving God is easy. God's invisible. God never lets us down. He's always there when we need him. He's always willing to forgive. He wants what's best for us. God has no character faults. But loving God's church, that's not always so easy, is it? In fact, loving each other can be really hard. Church people have all kinds of annoying problems. They don't always follow through on their promises. They turn up late to things. They have their own needs and wants. Plus, they can be so different from me. There can be language barriers. Maybe we've got very little in common. And then sometimes it's just those annoying habits. Loving God is easy. But loving God's church is hard. So maybe it would be easier to keep our faith private. Say our prayers in private. Read the Bible in private. Keep it all to ourselves. Avoid the hassle of having to deal with people. Avoid the muck of getting involved in church and people's messy lives. Avoid the pain of having people let you down. Friends, here in 1 John... John says, no way. No way can you just have a private faith. John's going to tell us that it's not enough just to claim to love God. He's going to tell us we must love each other. And he's going to give us five reasons why. John starts his section at verse 7 of chapter 4. Have a look at the way he begins. Dear friends, let us love one another for... Paul is giving a reason. John's saying, love each other because. And he keeps doing it right through the passage. Love each other because. Love each other because. Five times. Five reasons why we must love each other. Five reasons why we can't love God without loving each other. The first reason is verse 7 to 8. Love each other because. Love each other because we're God's children and should love like our Heavenly Father. John tells us that God is love. God's nature is love. And so says John, if we're born of God, if we're God's family, then our nature should be love. If we love, it proves that we're born of God. 
It proves that we really know him. Have a look at the way John puts it in verse 7 to 8. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. If we love each other, we're showing God's nature. We're showing that we've been born of God, members of his family. My granddad, my mum and I I, are all great list makers. Now, I don't know what gene I inherited with a list in its back pocket, but it proves that we have something in common. It proves that we're related. We share a family resemblance. John says it's the same with God's family. If we're born of God, if we're his children, we will love each other. It's God's nature revealing itself in us. And if we don't love each other, if we don't bear the family resemblance, well, maybe we're not part of God's family after all. So John's first reason to show love for each other is we're God's children and should love like our Heavenly Father. That brings us to our second reason. Love each other because. Love each other because God loved us and showed it by sending Jesus. John's just told us that God is love. Now he wants to tell us how God showed that love. He showed it in Jesus. He sent his only son to save a world that didn't deserve it. We weren't good enough for God. We didn't and couldn't love him. So God took the first step. Jesus is an act of love we don't deserve. It came at great personal cost. It paid our debt in full. And it restores our relationship with God. There's no greater demonstration of God's love than Jesus. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a tony sacrifice for our sins. God's loved us with an incredible love. He's given us the example. So now, how can we accept that love, but then not show it? How can we take love from God, but not offer it to other people? We can't, says John. It wouldn't be right. Verse 11. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. There's our second reason. Love each other because God loved us and showed it by sending Jesus. John gives us our third reason in verse 12. Love each other because God loved us and showed it by sending Jesus. Sorry, that was our second point. Uh, Love each other because... Love gives us confidence with God. God isn't physically around us. We can't touch God. We can't talk to God in the same way that we might talk to each other. So how can we know that we have a relationship with him? Well, John tells us that if we love each other, if we love those we can see and touch, that proves that we love God God, who we can't see. It shows that we've been accepted into God's, uh, that we've accepted God's love for us, that we've been transformed by grace, that we're following Jesus' example. Have a look at verse 12. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. By loving each other, we prove that the invisible God lives in us 
His invisible love becomes visible in our lives. John gives us two more quick reasons why we can be confident. We can be confident because of God's spirit and we can be confident because of the eyewitness testimony of the apostles. It's the same stuff we looked at last week. Verse 13. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the saviour of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and lie on the love God has for us. Now John comes back to the point. Our love proves that the invisible God lives in us. Our love makes the reality of God's invisible love visible. And so, John says, we can have confidence. There's no punishment for us waiting on judgment day. God loves us. We have nothing to fear. Have a look at verse 16. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Now don't get confused. John's not saying that we're completely perfect yet. We're not relying on our love. But it does function as evidence. We have been redeemed. Like a house with a sold sticker on it, we're now the property of a new owner. And if that shows itself in our love, we can be confident. If being a Christian has changed me into a more loving person, then that's good evidence. God is in me. Jesus has died for me. I have nothing to fear on judgment day. So that's John's third point. We should love each other because it gives us confidence with God. But John still has more reasons to love each other. The next one's in verse 19 and slips into the first few verses of chapter 5. Love each other because you're kidding yourself if you think you can love God without loving your brother. Friends, talk is cheap. Anyone can claim to love God. Anyone can say they love God. And plenty of people do. But John says, unless we love each other, we can't love God. If you claim that you do, you're lying. How can you love an invisible God if you can't love his children? You're kidding yourself. You're just giving him lip service. Verse 19. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. In chapter 5, verse 1, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. Imagine you have someone over for lunch. They say what a wonderful person you are, but they snub the rest of your family. Don't talk to your spouse. Ignore your children. It's ugly and it's wrong, isn't it? We've been adopted into God's family. 
We're being transformed to be like Jesus. Isn't it hypocritical to say we love God, but then hate his children? Of course it is. So love each other because you're kidding yourself if you, can think, if you think you can love God without loving your brother. John gives us one final reason for love. We should love each other because God has commanded us to love our brother. We can't love God if we reject his commands. We aren't his children if we don't follow his instructions. And God commands us to love our brother. Verse 21. He has given us his command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. John continues continues this idea in chapter 5. He says to love God, you must carry out his commands. And to carry out his commands, you must love each other. Chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. This is love for God, to obey his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. So John's final point is love each other because God has commanded us to. And we can't love God if we don't obey his commands. And God commands us to love each other. All right. John's given us five reasons to love each other. Five reasons why we can't say we love God unless we love each other. Here they are again. Love each other because... We are God's children and should be like God. Love each other because God loved us and showed it by sending Jesus. Love each other because love gives us confidence with God. Love each other because you're kidding yourself if you think you can love God without loving your brother. And love each other because God has commanded us to love each other. John's given us a stack of reasons here, hasn't he? And they're fairly convincing, aren't they? Being a Christian is more than a belief. It's more than a personal relationship with God. There's no way we can get away with a private faith. There's no way we can love God unless we love each other. If we claim to love God, we must love each other. In my short time at Chatswood, I've noticed that people are very welcoming. I've noticed that many people are committed to serve, serving in things like reading, prayer, band and morning tea. It seems to me that people get on quite well. People are mostly friendly with each other. And you're here in church. You're not keeping your faith private. You're here encouraging each other. That's all good, all evidence of love. But you know your own heart. Do you really love your brothers and sisters in Christ like John is saying here? Are you showing love like God's love? Are you bearing the family resemblance? If people looked at your life, could they see it? If they looked at the way you love, could they see it? Or would they see you holding back, keeping your distance? Are you sacrificing yourself for the sake of others, like Jesus sacrificed himself for you? 
I know it sounds romantic to actually die for other people, and we might feel like we'd do it if we had to, but really it comes out in the little things, the everyday things. When did you last sacrifice your time? When did you last give somebody a lift? Or make them a meal? Or come over and help with the house? When was the last time you inconvenienced yourself because someone needed a hand? When was the last time you prayed for people in the congregation? How long has it been since you challenged someone to greater levels of godliness? I know you're busy. I know you've got enough problems of your own. And I know God's people are difficult. I know they're annoying. I know they let you down. I know they get in your way. I know there's barriers of language and culture. I know it would be so much easier to love God and leave it at that. To have a private faith. To keep people at arm's length. But friends, John won't let us get away with it, will he? It's very easy to say we love God. It's very easy to kid ourselves into thinking we love an invisible God. But talk is cheap. We don't really love God if we don't show real love to the real people he's put around us. We can't truly say we love God unless we obey his commands. And he commands us to love each other. So are you doing it? Are you loving God's people? We've heard a repeated phrase this morning, love each other because. Can you say with confidence, I'm part of God's family because I love others? Well, friends, I know I'm not the judge and I don't know what's happened to my great uncle. I'll have to leave him to God's justice and love. But it's not an example for us to follow, is it? Not if we're going to be like God. Not if we're going to obey God. Not if we're going to respond rightly to his love. Not if we want to be genuine in our faith. Not if we want to have confidence before him. God's word is clear. There's no room for private faith. If we claim to love God... We must love his people. Let's pray. Father God, we praise you because you are love. Because you loved us despite our unworthiness. Because you sent Jesus to die and offer us life. Because you have made us your sons. Thank you for your spirit who transforms our lives. Allows us to love as you love. Please make us overflow with love for each other. In Jesus' name, amen.